God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. What's crazy about all the gear, I'm looking at your studio, you have all of that there. Welcome to the show, I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay, is that you can get a bunch of nice stuff, and then I don't do anything, I use it, I don't even turn it on or off. It always stays on. I never jiggle the wires. But if you let something sit long enough, it will go bad. It will break with no external force. It'll just go bad. Yeah. That's my experience both with equipment and spiritually. So, I mean, I don't know how many podcasts we've done. I th- about a thousand at this point, but okay. should we just call it a day? I mean, it's all downhill from, from that. What you just said, <laughs> it's all downhill. I did sort there. of land, occasionally you land on just such a like sort of encompassing spiritual and moral truth that it is, what do you, Yeah, when you distill like, it to like its when, bare essence, you know? When Einstein came up with E equals MC squared, he was like, oh, this is going to be tough to top. Yeah, and he never did. No, he never did. He should have just called it a day. Instead, what he did was, I'm going to fuck all the bitches. I'm going to fuck those science nerds. <laughs> dude, that dude went around and stuck his German penis <laughs> relatively everywhere. Yeah. Well, why Talk not? about the multiverse. Well, that's the thing is you can be a genius. I mean, you can come up with a sort of unifying theory of science that the crazy thing about Einstein is like he came up with those theories and then like 20 years later, he was like, in 20 years, there's going to be a uh, an eclipse. He's like, when there's an eclipse, actually, everything I'm telling you will be true. And 20 years later, that happened and it did. That's a baller. But here's the deal. You can come up with some sort of, you know, theory of science that people are going to like build on forever. That didn't change what you also know, which is that God made you with that PP. For sexy time. It doesn't matter if you got the mind of a mathematician. It doesn't. You still got to figure out that math to get that P and I. You got to put the P in the D. I mean, you got to put the D in the P. You got to put the D in the P or the A. Think about it. it you, can, you can be the guy that wrote Bridge Over Troubled Water. All you want to do is have sex. You're going to use that yeah. power to have sex. You can be the guy that came up with relativity theory. Sex. The fucking apple falls from the tree. Isaac Newton's like, I have a good idea. Gravity. Now, where's the nearest hole for me to land in? You got, yeah. You're the guy that dunks the basketball the best. Sex. Why are you trying to dunk the basketball? You're Sex. trying to put the D in the P or the A. <laughs> and I guess the rest of life is just sort of the stew of irony. You just try to smile a little bit. You try to get a couple of chuckles, a couple of good goofs in between all that. Yeah, the rest of it is just the in-between period. Right. Which is where most of it is. That's where kind of most of life is. I've been in an in-between period for a while. (laughs) That's what's so wonderful about masturbation. It's just such a wonderful thing. Because you can be a guy that's, who knows why, you're married, you got some kids, life's busy. There's all sorts of reasons why some of that fire extinguishes. But at least you can I mean, if you think about it in your mind's eye, you can have sex yeah, with whoever you want to whenever you want to. It's amazing. Yeah. 
It's true. I feel the same way about it at 38 that I did when I was 12. I'm like, this it is, is a pretty ma- magical. It's amazing. It's a magical thing. It really is truly like if you think about the world and you go, are people using their imagination? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. To masturbate. Hell yeah, they are. I mean, and when I say imagination, I mean eyes glued to the computer. <laughs> eyes <laughs> completely glued to the computer. Also, tracking like try like triangulating different uh preferences combining stuff <laughs> like getting down to point zero zero one millimeter off exactly what you're looking for in a video and then keeping your eyes glued to the screen but why and not then, uh, of course using your imagination but why not why not? Because here's the deal. Here's what we are, not only as a nation, but as a species. We are deeply ridden with sexual guilt. Now, I don't know why that was built in. Religion came in and definitely cornered the market on sexual guilt. And to this day, it's just poisoned our psyches about it. So we have all the sexual guilt. Which Yeah, I, that comes... I'll tell you where all that comes from. All the sexual guilt comes from gay men <laughs> who... I'm, I'm, by the way, by the way, get out a pen. If you're listening right now, I don't care if you're driving your car, get out a pad of paper and a pen, preferably an ink quill. Right. And a, and a fucking dipping pot. Cause, and get ready to write down what I'm about to say. Okay. Okay. Just get ready to write down. And then at the end of it, please, for God's sake, have a shot put somewhere and then throw it at whatever you're writing. <laughs> Because that'll be the period. Based on how it started, I'm I'm curious. Okay, tell me why. Tell me about how sexual Just guilt starts. Get your ink pot, your quill, and your shot put, and your piece of paper ready. Because this is what I'm about to say. <laughs> I, totally, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what a preamble! It's so important. Well, I can tell you how it started. You said because of gay men. Oh, it's still not ringing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're because we're talking about shame and guilt. Sexual when guilt. it comes to sex. Here's what it is. Here's where it all comes from. It comes from a gay man who is running a church who's pretending to not be gay, but he's having sex with lots of gay men. And then he's telling everybody, you shall not have sex because he's trying to hide his own covert sexuality that's where it all comes from period but don't you think it's uh, i mean there's definitely a bunch of self-loathing you know gay folks in religious worlds that use the sort of strict structure and punishment of religious edicts to whatever scapegoat themselves or deal with themselves but don't you think it's just sexual guilt in general like i think that i think there's straight people in churches too that are fucking their parishioners and or at least feel guilty about the fact that they have desires to have sex with everything they see, everything that moves, because it's built I don't, in. No, you have to instill that. Wanting to have sex with people, I mean, we call that love. We like trick our brains into believing that's love. No, it. The, all of the guilt and shame comes after the fact. Okay. Yeah, that, makes, that actually makes sense. You have to basically, I guess when we started kind of forming systems, we were like, how do we keep everyone from fucking each other? I guess we'll just invent marriage will invent punishment for fornication all that makes sense the thing that we still live under in 2022 
with like sexual shame, masturbation, porn, etc. Now, there's a whole argument to be made that a lot of the porn you see is made under conditions that are not great for the particularly the women. Now, that's big issue. That's important to me. I think a lot of women who do porn want to do it and they enjoy making the money off of it. I think it's easy to forget that too. It's, it's easy to moralize about it. But there's this idea that porn corrupts in a way that's unusual for a vice. Like, for example, what I mean is there's the idea that if you look at porn or you enjoy masturbating or whatever, that you keep chasing a high and it just keeps getting more extreme. And then before you know it, the porn you're looking at is like illegal. And you know, I just, that's not been my case at all. And you know, I don't think any other vice really does that. Like people who like to smoke, they smoke a pack a day. They don't smoke 20 packs a day. People who've been smoking a pack a day their whole lives, they kind of smoke a pack a day. People who love dessert, they're not just, they don't turn into people that all they do is eat dessert. Now there are 600 pound, my 600 pound life people who destroy their whole lives because of their obesity. They they can't quit eating or whatever their problem is. There are people who destroy their whole lives because of porn addiction or sex addiction. I just do not think it's common enough to worry about. Porn is like dessert. You can't eat it every day. Be smart about it. Take care of yourself, but enjoy. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm as addictive of a person as you can get. Now, I've had a problem with drugs and alcohol, which I quit. And when I say drugs and alcohol, it's dr- it was just alcohol. Right. I didn't have a problem with drugs. I tried a bunch of drugs. They were fun. I really wasn't addicted to them. I didn't like have to do them. What I really needed to do was drink because it made me not scared. Right. And I liked the feeling of not being scared or having anxiety. So that I was really into. I really was into sex for a while. Um. And got that under control. Went to went to some rehab for that. And when I say sex, I mean sex with willing adult sure. women, right? And basically, because of the profession I was in, I was able to have sex with, you know, fairly regularly with willing women who wanted to have sex with me. Unfortunately, I was in relationships at the time. I was fucking up my relationships, and I wanted to stop fucking up my relationships. And I knew I was relying on that high that I was getting from sex to zone out or to get away from my thing, to get away from my anxiety, the same way I was doing it with alcohol. So I figured that out. I went to rehab, went to SAA, Sex Addicts Anonymous for a minute. It's real gross. Figured some shit out, did some work, changed my behavior. And now I don't have a problem with it. Now I never had a problem with gambling, but I know people that really have gambling addiction problems but i'm like i just did the math i'm like well can't win look right. at vegas right house wins not doing it uh i like i like to play poker so with sex the thing i realized when i went to sex addicts anonymous is like man i don't i don't have a sex addiction problem what i have is i have a you've been escapism with my, escapism problem I ha- yeah i have a problem with with my anxiety, my worry. And I, and I will fill that anxiety. I will try to cover it up with sex or food or shopping or work or whatever. And, uh, so I figured that out, but here's the thing when it comes to anything in life, again, grab your inkwell, 
your pot and your shot put and your piece of parchment 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 paper right here's the deal with anything if you have to lie to anybody about what you're doing there's something wrong with it there's some if you're lying to anybody about what you're doing you have a problem with what you're doing don't do it what if you're having to lie like there's a thing in couples therapy called lie inviting behavior where you're your spouse is basically inviting you to lie because they're putting you in a tough spot. Like if your spouse is overweight and they're like, do you think I'm overweight? You're put in a tough spot when it comes to like, I just admitted to this entire podcast that I'm pretty much okay with pornography and masturbation. So I'm obviously not lying about it. My wife listens to this, et cetera. But what if society is such that you're almost, you're almost forced to lie because the society can't abide by what your truth is. You see what I'm saying? There are, yeah. there are occasions where it behooves you to lie. If you're in a, some sort of religious situation where they're like, admit that admit that Muhammad is the one true God, we're going to cut your head off. I'm lying. Muhammad's the yeah, one yeah. true God. I'll suck his dick. Or I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do to keep my head from being cut off. Yeah, for years and years in this country, um, homosexuality was illegal. And if you, you know, they could like cast, chemically castrate you. So yeah, you have to lie. But I'm not talking about li- that kind of lying. I'm talking about in your relationships, well, you're, lying, you're lying to yourself, or in your relation, you're you're either lying to yourself, or you're lying to people that you care about that you're in close relationship with. Or really, I think it extends to everybody in the, in the entire world in general. Like, uh, the 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 more authentic you are with yourself and with others in all your relationships, just the happier you are. That's been my experience. It, it like when I was fooling around. I was in relationships, but I was fooling around with other people. I was really miserable most of the time because I was just lying to everybody. So it was just a lot of me going, these people who I love don't know who I am. So the love that they're giving me is not even real. I'm wasting their time fucking up their trust i felt horrible about myself as a human being i knew the math on that was yeah. was i was not respecting these people and their limited amount of time on this earth yeah and because i have a conscience i didn't feel good now i don't do any of that stuff i feel a lot freer and a lot more at ease and serene in my life and like if i'm playing a gig and like I do a lot of corporate gigs where somebody hires me and then I get in front of a bunch of people who don't give a fuck what I'm doing. They're just chit-chatting. And they're like, hey, I want to go out of my way to show you, motherfucker, that I don't give a fuck about what you're doing. In fact, I just found out that Elon Musk was at this gig that I did last month at the Pershing. And I got all excited about it. But then they were like, oh, yeah. He came in late with a bunch of people. They were ordering shots. They were talking. They were ignoring you guys. And I was like, oh, those were the people that I was hating at that show. Right. But here's what I do now. If I'm having a bad time at a show, instead of holding my tongue and and going inside and, and dying. Being mad. I, I fucking just make fun of everybody. <laughs> it's quite the twist on telling everyone the truth. Yeah, I just start, I t- and I talk about my feelings. I go, hey, you guys, I'm crying now. <laughs> These are tears that are coming out of my eyes. Why? Because you're not paying attention to me and you're making me feel small. And I'll make, f- I'll, I'll do that because all of a sudden I'm having fun. Like, 
I'll go, oh, I only have 12 more songs to go. Now I only have 11 more songs to go. Now I have 10 more. And I count down the songs. I go, in nine songs, I will say goodbye and I will never see any of you people again. And I will be very happy about it because all of you make me very sad. And I'll say that on the mic because I can. And it makes me feel happy. And if I don't do that, I feel I feel very bad. Do we live in such a weird world, man? Because the phrase that makes me happy is making me laugh because recently Mike Tyson punched a guy on a plane. And there's video of it. There's a guy that was sitting behind him. <laughs> First of all, Mike Tyson's flying like jet blue, which is sad. Sitting in coach with all the normies, which is sad. The great Mike Tyson, the champ. And uh, there's a drunk guy behind him that's real excited. That, have you seen this, Bob? Yep. And Mike Tyson's being cool. He's he gets it. He's been Mike Tyson for so long. Well, his whole life, but the champ Mike Tyson for so long. It's not the first drunk asshole he's ever seen. It starts to take a turn for the worse. Now Mike Tyson has a temper. He's Mike Tyson. He bit a guy's goddamn ear off. He starts punching this kid on the plane. And I tweeted, I was like, I don't know if it's right or wrong that Mike Tyson punched that guy. I just know that I like it. I just know that it makes me so happy. It just makes me happy. And we live in such a, a fucking world where I got like some blowback for being like, it makes me happy that he punched that kid. It's just such a fragile peanut wrapping fucking bubble wrap world where I'm like, hey, guess what, dude? If you fuck with a boxer with a history of mental illness, he might punch you. And I like that he punched that guy because what it sent the world, it sent the world a message, which was just because you're a goofy dipshit that was raised by the internet. And your fucking buddy Cletus over there is filming it for his TikTok doesn't mean that the world doesn't have real consequences. And Mike Tyson is like one of the last bastions of the world. He will punch you. I agree with you, dude. You don't get to fuck with Mike Tyson. No. If you fuck with Mike Tyson, he'll punch you. You get punches. <laughs> the champ. I mean, dude, if you want to be morbidly obese, you die of COVID or whatever, or diabetes or heart disease. But we're not, I'm not celebrating your obesity. Go fuck yourself. Now I'm not gonna make fun. I'm not gonna make fun of you. I'm not gonna sit yeah. here and go, hey, you're a gross piece of shit. But I'm not gonna celebrate your morbid obesity. I'm not gonna celebrate your ill health. I'm not gonna celebrate your problems. Don't don't ask me to be part of your dumb fucking stupid experiment that's not working. It's called the world, dude. The world is the the way it is for a reason. The reason that you're scared of Mike Tyson is because if you talk some shit to him, he's going to fucking punch you in the face. It's hard. And it's, yeah, it's hard because you used to have a phrase that I've liked a lot, put it in several of my songs, which is like, if you're not scared, you're not paying attention. And that's, that's how I feel about it. I'm like, I look at the world and I try to respect the world. I, I look at the world and go, this is the world. It's sharp and you better be careful. And that, that is injected into a lot of my parenting. Because I think about that for my daughter. I don't want her raised by some soft ass fucking internet. And then the second she meets what dudes are like in college and she's not ready to fucking go up against it and hold her own, then I've failed as her dad and her caretaker. But it's it's just annoying to feel like I try to look at the world square on and it's fucking painful. I'm an atheist. I don't believe God's looking out for me or going to help me. I don't believe I'm going to live forever and that everything has a re- purpose. That's a hard fucking road to walk. And I walk it every goddamn day. 
I get out of bed, I hold my head up, I try to take care of myself, and I try to make beautiful art, despite the world. And so it fucking annoys me when people just want to wish the world into some bullshit and want to make fun of Mike Tyson for TikTok. And then they want to sue him because he did what anyone would do in the fucking jungle. He took care of business. <laughs> he was taking care of so much business on that guy's face. He was like, he was like one of the, you see those accountants when they're doing lots of numbers and they're like, they're crunching them numbers, baby. <laughs> Dude, he was crunching the numbers on that dude's face, man. Oh my God. He was just like, hold up. Let me get over this seat so I can crunch these numbers on this motherfucker's fucking dome. <laughs> And then he sat back. Well, then he just left the flight, and then, which sucks because he was just trying to get home. He had to he's get no, off the plane. He's no. He's no. He's no. He's no dummy. He knows his, He knows. He knows that plane's not taking off. He knows. He knows. That's. He knows that plane's fucked. He knows that plane's so. <laughs> he made a decision, dude. He was just like, well, I guess I'm not taking this flight. <laughs> he was probably already thinking about what hotel he was going to stay in in that city. <laughs> I guess I'm going to miss that meeting. <laughs> Oh my god, the fucking champ, uh, dude. He's the champ. He's the goddamn champ, dude. Oh man. What a I world. like Mike Tyson. I saw him, he was he was talking about Floyd Mayweather. Cause I guess Floyd was saying like he's better than Muhammad Ali because he, he's never lost a fight. And Muhammad Ali at the end of his career was kind of, you know, out of shape. A little washed. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just kept fighting when he sh- shouldn't have been fighting. And <clears throat> Mike Tyson was talking shit about Floyd Mayweather, saying he was a scared little man. He can't drop his kids off at school. <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, God damn. Mike Tyson doesn't give a fuck, dude. Well, he, you know, in his prime, he was unstoppable, first of all. Second of all, he, like, he's kind of insane. He's a champion. He's insane. Yeah. Champions, something's wrong with them. I, I maintain that. I maintain that something is wrong with champions. That's why they're champions. Something's wrong with Tom Brady. There's something psycho about him. Now, he's on the outside, he's kind of a nice guy. Michael Jordan, he's on the cover of the Wheaties box. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated with his wife. A nice little cigar. He's all things to all people. He famously said Republicans buy shoes too. He's not going to get political. Guess what Michael Jordan is, everybody? A psychopath. A psycho killer. Tom Brady's like that. Tiger Woods, a psycho killer. I just watched him on uh, Saturday Night Live from 91. Who? Michael Jordan. He hosted? Yeah. Oh, shit. I need to see that. And he's so likable. Oh, he was great. He is so just, he is such a fucking alpha male. He's like, he's an apex. Yeah. Predator. Goddamn predator. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the number one stunner, period. Everywhere he goes and everywhere he's gone his entire life, that's who he is. Yeah. And again, I've, I think I've said it before on this show, when you're around somebody like that, where there's no chance that you're going to compete for the number one spot, there's no chance. Like you don't even, 
it it relaxes you. It's like when dogs are around the the alpha dog. Yeah, you're off the hook for a minute. They all relax. Yeah. They go, okay, I don't need to bark. I don't need to fucking fidget or do whatever. I, that's the guy. He's taking care of the business. I can just chill out and just enjoy myself. And that's what Michael Jordan is. I remember one of the first times I saw that. <clears throat> I used to be in a... <laughs> I used to be in kind of like this little rock and roll worship band where we had our own little records. They sounded kind of like Pearl Jam, but they were like religiously themed. We were all Christians and we would, to make money to kind of support our band, we would get hired to do these like camps uh, in the summer times, which actually were really fun. We would do like, we would do the music for like the services of the camps, bunch of middle school and high school kids. And then we would do like camp shit all day with the kids. It was really fun. We were in our early twenties. It was a blast. Well, our drummer is this guy named Shane. He's the funniest guy I've ever known in real life. He's like a true comedic genius. He's a normal dude, works a normal job, never went into comedy. Like we tried to get him to go do Groundlings or SNL. He never did it. Now, you know, he's kind of settled down, wife and kids. But I, I submit to you, Bob, and you know people like this. Oh, when, yeah. When he's in a room, he's the funniest guy in that room. And he always was. <clears throat> and we all knew that about him because I'm pretty funny. A lot of my friends are pretty goddamn funny. But when Shane's around, you just relax because he's going to do the funny stuff and he's going to crush it effortlessly. <clears throat> and I remember we were at this camp and one of the other counselors from a different thing, who knows, come from the thing. You could tell he's the funny guy. And he, he had a way about him where when he was holding court, he was kind of like the alpha Michael Jordan type. You could tell that was his thing. And I remember just thinking, I cannot wait for Shane to be in a room with this guy because I don't have to do anything. I'm not going to, I'm not funnier than this other guy. But I know Shane is. And, and Shane didn't know any of this. Shane's kind of a simple dude. He walks in from whatever, and we're all sitting at this table. And he, you can, I, I was like curious to see. Guy starts holding court. I see Shane kind of start taking it all in, sizing him up. And at first, he's kind of quiet. He's letting it roll out. He's letting it sort of unfold. And then once Shane started riffing, man, he just destroyed the whole room. And I saw the light in that other guy's eyes die. And it right. made me happy. I thought yeah. it was great. That, that well, must be what it must have been like to be on a basketball court with Jordan or with to be on the greens with Tiger. It's like, well, <clears throat> I'm not the big dog today. Yeah. Well, here's the here's again, man, this I hope you brought a lot of ink. There's a lot of wisdom I hope today. You brought, I, yeah. I hope you brought a lot of nibs <laughs> for your quill and <laughs> definitely a lot of parchment paper because here's a the lot deal. of nibs. Yeah, because you got to replace the nibs, especially when you're furiously scratching what I'm about to say. Um, here's the deal, dude. All men are my enemy. Period. 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 All men are my enemy. So when you see another man die, guess what happens inside? Of <laughs> joy. Yeah, a little, a little <laughs> tiny rainbow of joy. Springs forth. Now you will on the outside go, oh, he was my friend, and I feel I am a I'm a I'm sorrow. I feel sorrow for his loss. But no, you don't give a fuck. Because that's one less person you have to fucking buy for. I would say I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I would say it's more complicated. I, I think you have a mixture of like love, gratitude, respect, honor, <laughs> relief, joy. It's the whole stew of human experience. To 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 relish someone's failure in a way it, it makes you feel further from failure. And that's, it's hard not to feel at least a sense of relief about that or to feel like John Lennon talks about that. He talks about when he heard that one of his friends had died 
he said him and one of the other Beatles or whoever, they were just giggling. They couldn't quit laughing. And he was like, it was just basically a hysterical, nervous laughter because basically what we were saying was, that could have been us. It, I, I lived. I lived to tell another tale. And he's gone. And it, it, it wasn't mean-spirited. It was almost like a, uh, a euphoric outpouring of like relief or something. I think, yeah. I think he's tapping into what we're saying. Dude, I'm telling you, this COVID thing felt like going to war in a, like a completely benign way. But the few people that I knew that died from COVID, I didn't dwell in their death. I fucking hurried down the path with a bit of a shiver on my spine right? and going and just went. Whew. Yeah, could have been me. Got, got, got through this one. And yeah. I'm going to die one day and people are just going to be like, got through, got through this one. And that's the, and wor- I'll just be, I'll be, I'll be there dead. And that's what I'm talking about. When I say we walk this road and we let the world be what the world is. And when people refuse to do it, especially if they're above the age of 25, I cannot fucking abide that. Grow up, deal with it. Well, there's just a, there's a lot of people that have just, bad information right now i mean there, there's always there's always been a lot of bad information but now there's other people that are saying oh yeah your bad information's valid in a way that i don't think it's been this way at any other time in history well here's some good information you can support this podcast on patreon it's equivalent to buying me and bob a cup of coffee a month it's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the letters i-o-k and you get to come into The Secret Weekly with us, where we will now go and talk about things that we couldn't talk about on the show. Plus, you'll get access to almost 200 additional Secret Weeklies. So, we will see you in the flip-flop. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Keep your quills ready, by the way, for the next several episodes. Yeah, don't throw away your quills. Don't throw wash the quill them, away. Wash them, wash them carefully, because you'll need them for the, at the next podcast session. All right, peace. Class is adjourned, bitches. <laughs>